Hi, this is Bill Wills. And I'm Mike Snyder. Thanks for checking out Cleveland's Morning News with Wills and Snyder. We're around daily, 5 to 9, news, sports, traffic and weather on the 10s. Mike, a lot of going on, right? Yeah, there always is. And we've got the latest in sports. Of course, what's going on with the Tribe, what may be happening with the Cavs and the Browns. And then, of course, we have the news and we get you around town with traffic on the 10s. Be sure to follow us here on the podcast and get the episode each and every day. And join us if you can on Twitter. I'm Bill Wills at WTAM 1100. And I'm at Snyder. 1100. Today's Wills and Snyder in Cleveland's Morning News. Glad to have you with us. News you can use on your money. with the Walk a mile in someone else's shoes? Maybe not. Shoes have a high ick factor, according to one reseller of used luxury goods. The Wall Street Journal reports more consumers are overcoming the ick factor in buying items like workout gear and even underwear secondhand. Larry Kofsky, Bloomberg Radio. Underwear secondhand. No. Yeah. Well, no. What? What? Well, wait, wait. There's no well there. It just no. Well, I just. There's hope, just no. I just hope they're clean. There's just no, no. There's you know, no, no well. There's no. no uh, you know. No reason. Just no. Secondhand underwear. Secondhand. Good. Well, as long as they wash them, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, hey, no, you know the cotton. Why don't you two guys get together and trade tidy whities sometime? Okay, leave me and Snipes out. I, hey, I wear Calvin Klein there, Pat. What do you wear? Why, do, why are we talking about? If this? they're like new, I mean, why are we yeah, talking? Boxer about this? briefs. I do both. Who's boxer going to briefs. Incubus tonight? Anybody? Incubus? Yeah. You going? No, can't make it tonight. No. Good band, great band. I, I, I have seen them before. Yep. And a blossom. You, you two done? Yes. You yeah. got lunch plans? You're going to get tacos together, we too? Might. Pat, it's let's go to Incubus. Get some tacos, yes. Pat. Come on. You mind if I work a little bit <laughs> while I'm still here? Carry on. Traffic and weather together on the 10s, 510. Pat Butler. Thank you, Bill. From the Elk and Elk Traffic Center, if you drank toxic water from Camp Lejeune, call 1-800-ELK-OHIO. So far this morning, highways are moving okay for you. Just watch out for some standing water with rain collecting. Uh, getting into downtown, 71 North is still about a 20-minute ride from 82 in Strongsville up to the Metro Health Curve. And there is some overnight work still wrapping up on the east side of town with the 271 South Express lanes blocked between Mayfield and Cedar. This report brought to you by Mattress Firm. Stop by Mattress Firm for summer Black Friday deals. Save up to $600 on select mattresses from top brands with Queens starting at $149.99. Plus get a free adjustable base with qualifying purchase. Next traffic update in 9 minutes at 520. Pat Butler, WTAM traffic on 1100 AM and 106.9 FM. Rain showers, possible thunderstorms left over this morning. Cleveland 3 News meteorologist Holly Strano says a cloudy afternoon, 70s. Got some light scattered rain around. 66 in your severe weather state. Picking up the pieces of yesterday and building a new day. Cleveland's Morning News with Wills and Snyder on WTAM 1100 106.9 FM. Guardians in Detroit. Tonight, Mike Snyder's got more sports coming up and the Browns working out before they head to Jacksonville. Speaking of picking up the pieces of yesterday, sad when we saw the news, Olivia had passed. Producer extraordinaire, what a sweet voice! Oh, what a voice! Beautiful, what beautiful voice. voice, beautiful woman, uh, actress, friend. I mean, just you know, to to all a lot of people in Hollywood, especially with John Travolta. Sure, and um, it's a sad. You had a she, wonderful tweet from your Danny, loving you. Yes, that. yes, and you know she struggled with breast cancer for so many years, and you know God bless her, may she rest in peace. And uh, here's a little she had that boyfriend that uh, went missing fishing. 
Remember that years ago? Yes. Like off the yes. coast of San Diego? Yeah, they never found his body, story. right? Was it a boyfriend or even her husband at the time? They never found his body or anything. Is it, it's not Matt Latanziani, was it? Because that was her first husband. I don't no, think no, that was No, no, this was him. like the yeah. second guy. Okay. Her first husband was in Greece, too. Yeah. And he was in My Tutor. He was an actor. So, but uh, Gosh, She was so good. Oh, yes. Living Dude and John, passing at 73. More at the Wilson Center Facebook page, wilsoncenter.com. All right, Scott, thanks much. No, you're welcome. Uh, also yesterday, not a good thing when you see the FBI's at the door at uh, former President Trump's estate of mar Largo. But he wasn't home. He wasn't home at the time. <laughs> but uh, somebody called him and said, hey, somebody's here to see you. Uh, what were they looking for? What do we know? Rory O'Neill coming up in five minutes on that on News Radio WTAM 1100. Cleveland's Morning News with Wells and Steiner, 515 Sports. Here's Mike. Bill, the Browns open preseason play Friday night at Jacksonville. Today they return to the practice field after a day off. Of course, the big question that hovers over the team when will a decision be made by Peter Harvey regarding the appeal by the NFL of Deshaun Watson's six game suspension? Now, the only requirement in that process is that it be expedited. So, what exactly does that mean? One would think it would indicate a decision should be made by the end of the week as the all the information was given to Harvey at the end of last week. Now, meanwhile, there's been speculation that Watson conceivably could play in week one should the union file a restraining order, but a report last night says that the earliest Watson could play would be in week seven. More on the Browns in a moment. They'll be on the field this afternoon. Well, the usual suspects had the list of college football coaches a preseason poll Alabama clearly number one 54 of 66 first place votes go to the tide Ohio State is number two the Buckeyes get five first place votes Georgia Clemson and Notre Dame round out the top five and what an opener for Ohio State of course the Buckeyes taking on the fighting Irish September 3rd meanwhile Big Ten television means big dollars reports say the league is closing in on deals for a billion dollars. What they're going to do is create a Saturday triple header on Fox, CBS, and NBC. Now, it's not final yet, but it looks like it's going to go this way. Fox at noon, a CBS game at 3.30, and NBC in primetime. If these deals come together, ESPN will not be broadcasting Big Ten football or basketball games for the first time in 40 years, although ESPN now is doing much more with the SEC. We see this realignment, and follow the money is where you go, especially right now in college sports. Well, just a game behind the Twins in the division. The Guardians will begin a three-game series in Detroit tonight, 7-10 game time. You can hear it right here and free on the iHeartRadio app. Shane Bieber will be on the mound as the Guardians try to close in. Now, the Twins are out west. They begin a series with the Dodgers tonight. And it didn't take long for Fran Mill Rays to find a new team designated for assignment by the Guardians over the weekend. The big fella has signed on with the Chicago Cubs. They're going to give him a look. Yeah, I mean, he's a big, imposing guy. It just did not happen this year. But he's always going to continue to get a look with all that power that he can bring. And the Cubs are the first team to see if he can find his swing again in Chicago. Home of the Guardians and the Cavs. Mike Snyder, WTAM Sports. Let's get it. This Browns training camp report is brought to you by Hofbra House. The party's always brewing at Hofbra House. One of the real bright spots in Browns training camp has been the kicking of fourth-round pick Cade York. He has shown why they selected him in that round. He was the highest-drafted kicker in an NFL draft since 2016. Special teams coordinator Mike Prefer was asked what makes York special. 
He's really smart. He understands his craft. He's always trying to tweak it. I don't think he overthinks things. That's a really good thing about him. He's very confident in his ability. He's got a lot of leg talent. Um, that's all going to help him as he goes forward. Now, York endeared himself to his teammates on Sunday when he made a 45-yard field goal that brought an immediate end to practice in Sunday's heat. After a day off, Brown's back on the field this afternoon at 2. With today's training camp report, I'm Mike Snyder. Mr. Trump, can we get your reaction to the raid? Mr. Trump, can we get your reaction to the raid, sir? I was the guy that got the call this morning, and I called my father to let him know that it happened. There's no family in American history that has taken more arrows in the back than the Trump family every single time. And you know what? It's gone on past politics. You look at the attorney generals. You look at district attorneys all over the country. All they want to do is they want to get Donald Trump. They raise money on it. Merrick Garland, Chris Ray, come to the House Judiciary Committee this Friday and answer our questions about this action today, which has never happened in American history. What was on the warrant? What were you really doing? What were you looking for? Why not talk to President Trump and have him give the information you're after? Congressman Jim Jordan last night, Eric Trump and some others. Let's bring in Rory O'Neill. So what do we know about this? Actually, very little. We know that agents carried out uh, the execution of a search warrant at Mar-a-Lago, the president's uh, summer or winter retreat in South Florida. Uh, they were there with a warrant signed by a magistrate looking for specific items. We don't know exactly what they were. We believe this is part of an ongoing, long-running investigation into whether documents, some of them top secret, were taken to the former president's golf club uh, when he left office back in January of last year. Uh, now, exactly what was taken, we're not exactly sure if they found what they were looking for or exactly what if they were, were investigating some sort of crime. You know, it's possible that other, you know, other people have violated this rule in the past. Normally, it's settled after some talks with lawyers are involved. But to have criminal charges, that would be rare. Yeah, the talks what are a bit concerning if if he had no conversation with the fbi before this if they just showed up i mean it's a pretty good gamble for the the biden administration i mean biden shows the the president biden's a top law enforcement officer in the country i don't know if he signed off on this thing yesterday but i mean his ag got somebody to sign off on this as you say to raid the home of a former president right uh, the fbi director is a trump appointee christopher ray you know so he obviously he it was his agency involved in carrying this out and this investigation into these documents has been underway for months. There were some negotiations to get some of the boxes returned. I think there was some dispute about uh, the Trump family thought some weren't necessarily for the archives and some were more personal documents. But that's something you normally hash out with some lawyers. So exactly what caused the FBI to take this extreme step, this unprecedented step, is still a bit unclear. All right, Rory O'Neill with the story this morning. Rory, thanks much. Thanks, Bill. Here's the NBC News legal analyst Danny Savalas on this. Search warrant is not an arrest warrant, but it certainly is more than a subpoena because it indicates that the government wouldn't trust uh, somebody with a subpoena to get all the documents they want, secure the documents they want, and turn over the documents that the government wants. Uh, of course, it's never a good thing to have a search warrant executed at your home or office. It means that it's likely, well, what we know for sure is that to show a judge uh, the, enough evidence to get a search warrant, the FBI had to show probable cause that there is evidence of potential criminal activity at the home or the office. So we know that at least the mere fact that there is a search warrant tells us that a judge has, uh, they have met that constitutional standard with a judge, a neutral, detached magistrate who has issued this search warrant for them to go in, 
and seize these documents. So never a good thing for anyone, whether you're a former president or just a regular person on the street. Uh, but it does not absolutely follow that President Trump, former President Trump, will be indicted. Uh, sources tell ABC News last night the search of Marlago was related to 15 boxes of documents that former President Trump took to Marlago after he departed the White House, some of which the National Archives say were marked classified at the time. Back in January, former President Trump handed over documents to the National Archives, and attorneys for President Trump said they were searching for more records they may have at the time, but there have been no discussions or negotiations recently. By the way, Bloom Daddy this afternoon, we'll be talking about this more. He's got former uh, Donald Trump aide and GOP strategist Corey Mills. will join him at 340. That should be interesting. Talk more about what happened at Mar-a-Lago. Uh, plus, Cleveland Police Detective Steve Loomis is scheduled to join Bloom Daddy. 535 today on the shortage of, uh, of police and uh, detectives in the uh, city of Cleveland. That's uh, Bloom Daddy after 3 today on News Radio. WTAM 1100. Cleveland's Morning News with Wills and Snyder now with you. Thanks for being there. It's 527. Thanks for listening to Cleveland's Morning News with Wills and Snyder. Check in throughout the day on WTAM 1100. Let's talk about artificial intelligence. Where is it and where is it going? Is it already affecting our, our, our daily life and we just don't know it? Mentioned Paul Powers would join us this morning. He's our expert on, on tech and, and AI here. Paul, appreciate your time. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, the basic term, a computer doing what a human can can do, we're, they're already doing that. I mean, maybe we just don't know at times when we're already dealing with our artificial intelligence? It's already part of our daily life. I think there's a misconception about AI as something that's coming in the future. And while a great deal of it, um, we're going to see a great deal more of it in the future, we already do have it in our daily life. That's correct. I mean, is it correct to say when I call most companies and I'm getting the uh, the computer that seems to be talking to me just like it's here? I mean, that's artificial intelligence, isn't it? It depends on the program, uh, but uh, I mean, there's definitely artificial intelligence is a lot more advanced than what you're running into when you um, reach like a you know a robot agent, so to speak. Yeah. But um, there could be a degree of natural language processing in some of them. Okay. That'd be fairly weak. Okay. Now, uh, look down the road. We, we we know the the fear, the movies that have been uh, done about this. Are, <laughs> will AI get out of hand? Are you worried about this? You work in this daily. I'm not actually as worried about it as I think some are. I think that you have to differentiate um, between what's probable and what's uh, unlikely. I think what's probable is that we'll eventually reach a, a point in the future where we might have to ask ourselves, what defines a person? Right? Does it have to be a human? Does it have to, or does it have to just be something that's sentient, that, that expresses um, feelings? And uh, you'll, they're really interesting, um, authentic discussions you can read online between engineers and some of these conversational AIs that they've built. And you'll notice that the engineers actually develop a sense of empathy for it, and um, they're worried about how the <laughs> how the program actually feels. So I think that might be a likely thing that we worry about. I think what's unlikely is that we'll have robots or, or computers that are quote-unquote ruling over us. Um, it's not impossible. We could if we wanted to create that. <laughs> we're older if we were very negligent. But, you know, at the end of the day, we're the ones programming in the first place, and it's pretty easy to set parameters and safeguards in place if you want to. Do I think that computers and robotics play a higher, a bigger role in the future? Absolutely. But um, that doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing. I would argue that, you know, technology has mostly been at use for good uh, over time. And, um, you know, if all else were to fail, 
uh, I think the notion that we're going to have robot or computer overlords is a bit far-reaching anyway, because we wouldn't be very useful to them. <laughs> I, was, I, I was trying to do a little reading last night about about AI and and some of these posts you're talking about, where where conversations back and forth with with scientists. And you're right, the emotion thing threw me off. It's like you don't want to you don't want to upset them. Like, well, it's a computer. But I, I mean, on the other hand, you always want to make sure you can override what what they might want to do to you, right? Right, and, yeah. and it's a, it's a, it presents a really interesting question, right? If you have a program that's speaking to you like a human and expressing emotions like a human, it's just human nature for us to have empathy for them. That's a natural response for us to have. So I think it's going to be an interesting um, debate in the future. Yeah. You know, at what point does something become a person? We all felt bad for E.T. I mean, you know, it was kind of like when we were kids. We, we learned this. Okay, <laughs> Fascinating stuff. I, your, your work is just absolutely amazing, and I appreciate a few minutes that you gave us this morning, Paul Powers. Paul, thanks much. Thank you. Got a chance to be in Vegas. See them all. The iHeart Radio Music Festival plus a thousand bucks in spending money. Three times you can win the trip today at nine, one, and five. You'll hear the keyword, then you text that to two hundred, two hundred. If you win, you get round trip airfare, ground transportation, two nights hotel, park MGM, couple tickets to the daytime stage, two tickets for both shows, September twenty third, twenty fourth. Viva Las Vegas. Good luck from the big one. Big lineup this year. Marin Morris, Lionel Richie, and the Black Eyed Peas. This is Cleveland's Morning News with Wills and Snyder. Here's what's trending at WTAM.com. Uh, one sick story, one unbelievable story this morning. See all sort of Wills and Snyder Facebook page. Scooter East, producer extraordinaire alongside. According to this, the children of a British woman were forced to sit next to their mom's dead body for eight hours after she died on a flight from Hong Kong back to England? Yes. That's unbelievable. And then they had... They can't pull over somewhere? No, they... I, I talked to Jay Ratliff off the air about the story. I sent it to him, and he said sometimes that if, if they... If they can't stop, you know, they try to do the best, and if the flight wasn't full... They would, There's nowhere to put her. Right, right, just keep her there, but move the children somewhere else. See, that's the visual. That's what. If you couldn't land, Bill, the children should have been able to be put somewhere else. You know what I mean? Not because that visual for eight hours. I mean, my gosh, that's just horrifying. Helen I mean, Rhodes was found to be unresponsive oh aboard the flight Friday when the plane was still eight hours away from its first stop at Frankfurt, Germany, right. according to a family friend. Uh, with nowhere to store her body, the airline officials were forced to leave it where it was in the seat. I guess they put a blanket over her right until the plane landed. Helen and her family wrapped up her um, her life in Hong Kong over the last fifteen years to embark on a new chapter of her life back in the UK. They say she was excited, nervous about the move, but looked forward to seeing her family back home. And she had not seen her family or aging parents since the pandemic began. Now, no other, at least the story doesn't say anybody other health issues that she may have had, uh, but then dies on the flight, and they got nowhere to, they got nowhere to put her, wow. nothing to do. They that should is have, horrible. If the flight is full, they, they, they could have figured a way to shuffle something around to where the children could have sat way away and from... And we're talking the, about little kids. Right. This isn't like you got your 95-year-old yeah. mother. Right. And, you know... Right. But no, it's, it's, that's I sad. Mean, I mean, that's, that, that's that image is going to be with them... Oh. Forever. I mean, oh. and you know, and I mean, counseling. I mean, who knows? I mean, you're going to have Well, the to... airline's got some answers to, sure. to come up with, too. I don't sure. know what policy is. Anyway, you can see that story at the Facebook that's page. Sad, see what, you would, what you would have done. What would you have done if you were on that flight? Huh? Oh. That's crazy. That All is. right. Speaking of aviation, Jay Radliff will join me here in five. I got a couple of uh, uh, tweets and I saw a couple of text messages. 
uh, Tom Wojtovich, longtime golf pro at Lakewood Country Club, now at Medina, said he'd rather put sandpaper on his eyes than fly right now. He must have had a few problems in some wow. connection yesterday. Wow. And uh, Mark Bona, Cleveland Plain Theater, Cleveland.com, our food restaurant guy, had some trouble getting back into Hopkins, I guess, last night with the... Uh, the line of storms and all. So, anyway, kind of a rough day flying. Talk about that with the Jay and see what your day is like. You're heading out here coming up. Uh, Scoop, thanks much. You're welcome. Uh, entertainment news, names, notes trending this morning now for you. Here's Jason Davidson. We haven't heard much from Anne Heche's camp about her condition over the past few days. Just one statement that she was stable. Now things seem a lot more serious. Her rep saying shortly after the accident, Heche became unconscious and slipped into a coma. And now she's in critical condition. We're told that she suffered significant damage to her lungs. She's on a ventilator and has burns that require surgical intervention. No official word yet on the cause of the car crash. Her blood is being tested by law enforcement. Many in Hollywood mourning the loss of Olivia Newton-John, who died Monday at the age of 73 after a decades-long battle with breast cancer. Her Grease co-star John Travolta posted on Instagram, quote, Yours, from the moment I saw you and forever. You're Danny, you're John. And Melissa Etheridge writes on Twitter, Journey well, dear friend, calling Newton John a beautiful woman and a special talent. And she might sing happy birthday better than you can. Pitch Perfect's Anna Kendrick is 37 today. Jason Athenson, ABC News, Hollywood. All right, coming up, the raid at Mar-a-Lago, the uh, home of uh, former President Donald Trump with the FBI yesterday. Our Rory O'Neill will join us. A little bit more of what we know about that. This morning on uh, Cleveland's Morning News at the Wills and Snyder. Scott Scooter, East producer extraordinaire alongside Gary Player in the news this morning. The uh, the great uh, golfer, of course, part of the big yes. three. He and Jack and and uh, Arnie. And I, I follow him on Twitter, and I saw this post, and I kind of scratched my head, and I was reading more about it. He's had some trouble. You know, sometimes families don't get along. Sometimes families just don't get along. Gary Player's, uh, some more items have been put up for auction by his son, and he's upset about it. Player is 86, World Golf Hall of Fame member from South Africa, took to Twitter and Instagram yesterday issuing a statement. His son, Mark, who managed his business affairs for more than 20 years, had put a number of items up for auction without his consent. Ooh. Hey, let's sell dad's stuff. we got to oh, raise some money. Man. Uh, the tweet yesterday said, quote, I would like to draw the public's attention to the fact that several trophies and other pieces of memorabilia, part of my legacy, have been put up for auction by my son and ex-manager, Mark. These items belong to me, and I've taken action to recover them. Mark Player contacted on uh, Twitter and directly through email said he he was traveling. Didn't have time to comment right now. Uh, According to the attorney for Gary Player, the items that were in Mark's possession were things given to Player or that he won over the years, and that Mark was entrusted with the items while he was the manager of his father's affairs. Now, that, of course, fell apart a couple of years ago. Uh, December 2020, eight of players' trophies, including replicas of four of his major championship trophies, were auctioned off by the Golden Age Golf Auctions for nearly $600,000. Player at the time said, these trophies aren't for sale. They're mine. And his son put them up for auction. Oh, boy. Now, his oldest son, Wayne, also the center of controversy at last year's Masters. Remember this? This was the year Lee Elder was there as the honor, one of the honorary yeah, starters. Okay, yeah. Okay, the other son of Gary Player, Wayne was the caddy. You know, when they walk out when Gary and Jack... The ceremonial tee shot. The ceremonial yeah. tee shot, and they all stand, and they got the little caddy, you know, got the caddy, they got the bag and everything. Okay, his son Wayne stood there. I remember this. He had a logo for Encore Golf Balls 
that he displayed while he was standing there. <laughs> okay. he just did and the master said, you can't do that. So they kicked him off the grounds, I guess, and pulled his wow. pass. And Gary apologized at the time and apologized to Lee Elder as well. So Gary's got, uh, you know... <laughs> The sons aren't the, the sons aren't helping dad there. They aren't helping dad at all. My well, gosh. Maybe, well, you know what though? Maybe he didn't think that a lot of people watch the ceremonial shots. So, oh, you know, I could get away with it, you know, and just turn around. They got in trouble. They ain't watching. Who's paying attention? Yeah, everyone's watching there. Some families just don't get along. Yeah, I mean, all that. I mean, really though, you you yeah. manage your dad's affair. Hey, yeah. dad, yeah. what do you think? Yeah. I, I can get this for right. that. What right. do you? Yeah. Yeah. They, wow. they had a falling out. Man. I Gary guess so. Player not happy. So I guess so. You come across some Gary Player memorabilia. Hey, sell it. <laughs> <laughs> That's you. You're that. You're Mark. You're the son. Yeah, sell it. Whatever. He right. won't know. For more explanation analysis, this is NBC News legal analyst Danny Savalas on on all this. Search warrant is not an arrest warrant, but it certainly is more than a subpoena because it indicates that the government wouldn't trust uh, somebody with a subpoena to get all the documents they want, secure the documents they want, and turn over the documents that the government wants. Uh, of course, it's never a good thing to have a search warrant executed at your home or office. It means that it's likely, well, what we know for sure is that to show a judge uh, the, enough evidence to get a search warrant, the FBI had to show probable cause that there is evidence of potential criminal activity at the home or the office. So we know that at least the mere fact that there is a search warrant tells us that a judge has, uh, they have met that constitutional standard with a judge, a neutral, detached magistrate who has issued this search warrant for them to go in and seize these documents. So never a good thing for anyone, whether you're a former president or just a regular person on the street. Uh, but it does not absolutely follow that President Trump, former President Trump, will be indicted. NBC News legal analyst Danny Savalas. Big topic today. Get to take from Glenn Beck. Playing Buck, of course, at noon. And Bloom Daddy this afternoon after 3 welcomes former Donald Trump aide GOP strategist Corey Mills to the show at 3.40 on the raid of Mar-a-Lago. Plus, Cleveland police detective Steve Loomis joins the show at 5.35. Talk about the shortages of detectives and uh, police in the city of Cleveland. Bloom Daddy after 3, WTAM 1100. 6.56 now. Good morning. I'm terrorism analyst Brad Garrett with me. Interesting story about trying to track down a brilliant, glamorous NBA holding supposedly lady that got a lot of people involved in cryptocurrency. Tell me about the queen, as she's being called. Okay. She is a um, German-Bulgarian businesswoman, Ruja Ignatova. And, and what Ruja did, she has a, actually has a Ph.D., was a Rhodes Scholar. I mean, this is a smart lady, but... She got involved at the early end of cryptocurrency, I guess decided that she would just go out on her own, and she created a thing called OneCoin, and she sold it through slick videos and, and holding focus meetings saying, look, cryptocurrency is complicated, uh, and that's an understatement. Yeah, really. But the point being that, but that she can, she's approaching the common man, and she can tell you that you can invest with her. She'll keep you updated. You don't really have to understand. Uh, and, you know, threw out astronomical numbers as to how much money you could make if you threw in 10 grand, 50 grand. I mean, several hundred percent beyond that in a short period of time. Well, of course, no one got paid. However, like Bernie Madoff, she had little motivators. So if, for example, Bill, you purchased one coin, she would then say to you, Bill, 
go sell to your neighbors, your aunt, your wife, whomever, and I'll give you 10% of the sale. Mm-hmm. So that's how she kept people hooked. Well, of course, in a few months, you, Bill, I need that 50 grand. Right. Because now you're telling me it's 300 grand. Right. And of course, it, it isn't. And she couldn't do that. So eventually, she got so overloaded, uh, and, then, and then people started complaining, and so she disappeared. She took hundreds of millions, and this is conservative, uh, of money out, hard currency out. She apparently, according to the guy who's written the book about her, that she may be on a super yacht in the Black Sea. Um, she had plastic surgery. She has multiple passports. Wow. Um, and, you know, she's kind of, you know, this is kind of like something out of a James Bond movie, this part of it. So, um, and the FBI have put her on the top ten wanted list. And it, that's, I'll tell you, I've had people on the top ten wanted list. It's not easy to get on that list. Um, and I think because of the international aspect, uh, 175 countries. She has victims in 175 wow. countries. Wow. I mean, um, she, she's wanted it throughout the world now. She's wanted throughout the world, so I think it's a it's another story, Bill. Of if it's uh, if it looks too good to be true, then it's not true. I was going to say that's a, that's a good takeaway for all of us. We every seems like every couple of weeks or months, there's some kind of a scam pyramid scheme that the the marshals and the federal or the FBI reports on even around Northeast Ohio. It's just you know it look if if somebody's promising you something, they say how in the world are they doing that? They probably aren't. I mean, just know what you're getting your money into, right? Exactly. Yeah. All right. Good takeaway. Interesting story. Our crime terrorism analyst, Brad Garrett. Yeah, you're right. It's a movie script, without a doubt. All right, Brad, thanks much. <laughs> Take care, Bill. Five good minutes. On tech, back to school, back to college. Agent Derek Meister, Geek at the Geek Squad, has got four good ideas on gifts or things you might want to buy yourself when it comes to back to school and back to college with uh, with some tech stuff. Derek, good morning to you. Morning, Bill. Derek's a good follow on Twitter, too. Follow him at, uh, at Agent3012. Okay, portable back. Uh, the little portable battery packs. I got one of these in my golf bag, even because you just never know when you need to charge something. That that's something good to have in the uh, dorm room or in your backpack if you're heading back to school, right? Yeah, you know, your our, our students these days uh, bring uh, so many tech with them uh, to classes uh, with uh, smartphones, tablets, laptops, etc. Portable batteries are really great uh, to help them keep those charged when they're away from the dorm room. Maybe they don't uh, they forgot to uh, um, uh, charge their uh, tech uh, the night before because, of course, you know, they were single-minded focus on studies, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> these, you know, these devices, uh, when you're uh, looking at them, you'll see uh, there's so many different choices out there. One of the uh, the important features a lot of people will look at is the uh, the fact that they're rated in uh, milliamp hours. You'll see it as MAH uh, and then a number. Um, how many you will usually uh, need just depends on how many devices, their power, how often you might need to tr- recharge them. Now, while it's not an exact uh, uh, conversion, uh, usually you can think about uh, how a uh, typical smartphone, usually you're looking at about roughly uh, 3,000 milliamp hours uh, for a charge. Um, a tablet will usually use something in a range of about 10,000, so just as a rough estimate, um, if you expected to uh, recharge that tablet once in a day, uh, or maybe you uh, charge your phone twice. That's about sixteen hundred. So usually most people will then round up and look at like a, a twenty thousand milliamp hour uh, uh, battery. And the great thing that you know these things are so small now. Uh, just like you said, they fit in just about anywhere. Backpacks, yeah. Uh, yeah. perfect. 
Um, you know, people who are traveling will use them uh, when they're, you know, just, again, because you have this tech and you just want to make sure that it's working wherever you're at. Absolutely. Good idea. Make sure you get one uh, big enough uh, when it comes to knowing what you're going to be charging, a uh, laptop or whatever it might be. All right. Agent Derek Meister, Geek of the Geek Squad. Four good tips on some back-to-school, back-to-college uh, tech. If you don't or they don't already have a wireless headphone, a set of those uh, with the noise cancellation, those are wonderful, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. You know, college life uh, can get loud. You have just so many kids in, in such small areas. Um, so you really want uh, the, the headphones, make sure that they're wireless, um, just so that they can, you know, use them wherever they're at. Uh, but also check for those noise cancellation features. These are going to silence all that background noise around you. Uh, and, of course, let you concentrate on that serious uh, audio lessons for your classes. <laughs> and, of course, you know, movies and music you're listening to afterwards. Yeah. Uh, you also want to look at the uh, the listed battery life. Um, you know, most students don't want to spend part of their day charging their headsets. So you want to make sure that they can get through uh, the, the whatever they need to walking in between classes uh, and that sort of thing. You keep bringing up studying. So that that's a good that's a good example. <laughs> I like that. Uh, all right. Uh, another one here. If you don't already have one and, and you've thought about it or to give as a gift to your son or daughter, smart watches. They are, first of all, the improvements they have made from some of the first generations uh, of smart watches that came out. Really amazing. They're real popular nowadays, too. Yeah, absolutely. You know, these guys, uh, the, your phones, of course, uh, most kids are going to be using those to help or- organize their college life. But really, the last thing they want to be doing is being distracted by those phones during classes. So smartwatch is that great little compromise, um, helps keep you on task and on time with calendar alerts, inclement weather updates if it's going to rain in between classes, uh, or those just important notifications. But it's going to do so with like a subtle vibration and a quick glance at your wrist versus you having to flip that phone over uh, in the middle of classes or even just for the rest of us in the middle of a meeting. Um, they could also help you fight that uh, freshman 15 with a fitness and activity tracking features. Um, which uh, watch you're going to be looking at depends on what phone you have. Obviously, most uh, people who have iPhones are probably going to first look at uh, uh, the Apple Watches. Uh, people with uh, Android phones may start off with things like Samsung's galaxy watch family um one interesting take on that is that uh, student athletes may want to consider uh garmin's forerunner line these guys uh, usually these uh, tend to have uh, a little bit more enhanced activity features and multi-sport uh, uh support from everything from running cycling um uh even uh, swimming uh with extra stat tracking that can actually help you and your coach uh, get that training to that next level okay uh, got time for one more. There was a time where you just loaded in a, a big TV, maybe a printer, uh, years gone by when it comes to your uh, your dorm room. Uh, now we even have these little uh, uh, purifiers and, and different uh, air monitors that are, are small enough for college dorm rooms, too, right? Yeah, you know, just uh, something for a small dorm. Uh, you know, it's just with uh, so many uh, students in an average dorm or even a shared house, uh, you're going to come across some interesting smells. As well as just the fact that you're going to have germs and, and other sure, stuff in the air. Sure. Um, you know, these uh, depending on the features that you look at, uh, these devices can help fight both, um, and they're going to create that uh, you know just a better environment for you. Uh, it's just better air. Um, there's smart versions of these devices that uh, will actually allow you to control it from the phone, even provide alerts when needed, just to to, to keep the uh, check on that quality of the air. Um, it's just really great to, great for helping them to uh, you know keep that attention on their studies, which, of course, we know they are. Good tips. Uh, Agent Derek Meister, Geek of the Geek Squad. Follow him on Twitter, Agent3012. We'll post the, uh, the links and some more ideas for you. Four good uh, tech ideas on back to school, back to college. Derek, thanks much, pal. We are gathered here today to get through this 758 life.
Cleveland's Morning News with Wills and Steiner. Bill Wills, Mike Steiner alongside, and our great Cuyahoga County Fair opens up today at the fairgrounds in Berea, and we appreciate I know he's busy. Jim Lewandowski, the fair board's with us on the hotline this morning. Jim, good morning. Good morning, Bill. Uh, first of all, Mike and I would note that over the years, we have had some extreme heat during the Cuyahoga County Fair, and you'll be, <laughs> we're all glad to know after this rain pushes out, it, we should have some beautiful weather, Jim. Oh, yeah. Last year, was, we had rain almost every day. It looks like the rain's moving out here, and they say it's going to get nice this evening. So it's a great day to come out, enjoy some discounts today, $2 admission for veterans, seniors, kids uh, at the gates only. Uh, if you want to buy your tickets ahead of time for the rest of the week, you can do that online at cuifair.com. All sorts of fun, and, uh, you know, as time is kind of winding down here for summertime, great time to, to get the kids and have some family fun at the fair, right, Jim? Yeah, great thing to do right before back to school. Uh, there's lots of things for the kids, especially. Um, like Junior Fair has a lot of uh, different contests, watermelon eating, pickle eating, donut eating. <laughs> and then there's all the other great foods you can buy while you're there. Yeah, the foods, all uh, that's always part of the story as well, going to the fair. Also today, Jim, wanted to ask you, as you open up, you've got harness racing I saw this afternoon at 4 and Prior to that, you've got batologist Bob Roberts giving a little handicapping class. Is that right? Yeah. If you haven't, if you've been ever been intimidated by racing and going to a larger place, you can come in. You can get kind of one on one how to bet, how to place your bets, different types of bets like that. And we have the harness racing. I think that's at four, five o'clock. Well, the railbird, uh, Bob Roberts, he's great. So that that sounds extra extra fun. So this kind of gets all started this week, and uh, I guess you look at it. Is there anything new that you'd like to add, or uh, about some of the special things that will be happening? Well, unlike like some of the community events and things like that, like one of the big things would be like you have a lot of animals. So like if you're bringing younger kids, you can go in all the barns, see the chickens, the cows, goats horses and things like that, plus then all the contests that we had entered throughout the week. There's live, uh, also we have a bee barn that has an active hive. You can go in, see the bees, everything through it, like right in the window there. You can see what's going on. They do live honey extraction. Cool. Uh, a lot of young people through 4-H with their projects and, and animals to show off. They've spent a lot of time on those, and they'll be showing them off at the fair. And You can enjoy midway rides, all sorts of fun, games, grandstand entertainment. The The website's got a lot of that listed out for you at the, the CUI Fair.com, right, Jim? Yep, correct. CUIFair.com. You can see all the schedule of events every day. You can get your tickets ahead of time. Uh, instead of waiting in line at the gate, there's always free parking right on Bagley Road in Berea off of 71. So it's pretty easy to get to no matter where you live in the county. Also, all sorts of fun and starts this morning. The 125th annual Cuyahoga County Fairs at the fairgrounds in Berea. Jim Lewandowski, thanks for checking in. Hope it's a big success. 369 price to beat for a gallon of gas. I've got uh, Jordan Goodman with me uh, from the Money Answers studio. I want to break down this Inflation Reduction Act, a big spending plan that the Senate passed over the weekend. House going to get it, uh, I guess, passed the next couple days. President's going to sign it. Jordan, good morning to you. Good to be with you, Bill. Break this thing down. What's it mean to us? A lot. This is one of the biggest bills we've seen in a while. About $700 billion. About $400 billion of it is for climate change in various ways. Incentives for electric uh, vehicles. About $15 billion to retool factories to make them more energy efficient. Uh, there's a minimum tax of 15% on corporations with a billion or more in profits. So there's a lot of companies. Amazon is an example that huge companies that don't pay any taxes. That doesn't look very good. Um, there's a 1% tax on stock buybacks. Uh, Medicare is going to finally be able to negotiate for drug prices. Just an awful lot on here, Bill.
And a lot of this uh, President Biden ran on when it comes to, to what right. he wanted to do. A lot of it didn't get in here about paying for college and that sort of thing. But but still, it, it's a pretty big spending plan, right? Uh, yeah, $700 billion. I mean, the original Build Back Better was like uh, $2.3 So it's definitely scaled back from that. There were all kinds of education and family and jobs initiatives that were in the original plan that got dropped because Joe Manchin wouldn't go for it. Right. But to get this through is quite amazing. As, as you saw, it's 51-50. All the Republicans against it, all the Democrats for it, and Vice President Harris making the difference. And they did it as a reconciliation bill so it wouldn't be subject to the filibuster. It's quite amazing they got it through. Uh, final takeaway, the word inflation is in this thing. Uh, that's something we're all concerned about daily, and if not as we continue through the year here with the stock market too, right? I do not think this is going to lower inflation. Okay, when you have huge spending by the federal government, that's typically inflationary, not lower inflation. But it's going to make us better as far as uh, climate change, uh, the drug thing. So there are some things that are good about it, but I do not think it's going to lower inflation. Jordan Goodman is at MoneyAnswers.com. For more tips about money and things to save you some money when it comes to savings, just go to MoneyAnswers.com. Jordan, a great follow on Twitter as well. Jordan, thanks much. All right, thank you, Bill. TAM 1100. Answer is not mustard. Do I guess... <laughs> Do we know if mustard well, is reported to Lake County? Well, we'll find out tonight. I mean, I would think you wouldn't have to yet. Or mustard, he. It. It. Okay. Yes. Uh, is Jim Rosenhouse, that, of course, was a big uh, story. We broke this yeah. time yesterday I don't morning. Know, maybe Jim knows. Tom Hamilton was with us for some early reaction about mustard being sent down after just a horrible start this year, Jim. Yeah, he's struggling. Now, you do... I, I know it used to be you had 72 hours to report if you were going to the minor leagues. Nobody ever takes that coming to the big leagues, but going right. back, sometimes they do. So we'll see if, you know, if Mustard, what his attitude is. Right. And that's the main thing, the attitude. Yes, the attitude the whole, is big. Yeah. The whole emotion. And that's a key in that. So we'll find out tonight yeah. in East Lake, yes. Uh, you are in Detroit where we got a series with the Tigers, right? Indeed, indeed, starting tonight. And, uh, you know, be interesting. This is a good test, guys. Look, the, the Guardians are in it. Uh, they're, they're hanging around in, in this race in the AL Central, and they're coming off two really good games against an excellent, excellent Houston team. Now they play a team that is in full-on rebuild and having a bad year. Um, so we'll see how they handle that. Sometimes that's not the easiest, and they have not had their usual success against Detroit this season. So uh, you love the way the pitching's lined up, but uh, you know you still have to go out there and, and play that good baseball to, to come away with a win here. Yeah, you're right, Jim. The Tigers have been a pain despite their, their rebuild mode. You mentioned the way the pitching li- is lined up. Shane Bieber starting tonight, and it's very nice to see that Aaron Savali's listed tomorrow. What have you heard about him, Jim? Well, it, apparently um, he threw the ball very well in his rehab start at Columbus. And then I was talking to Joe Torres, the assistant pitching coach, the other day, and he said his bullpen before he went to Columbus, where he threw on the side just to really test it out, was one of his best of the year. And and they feel that he was really coming on, and that that was true. You know, his, his last starts before he got hurt, he looked good. And so they feel that, that if he can just get – get right back into that, and they don't feel he's far enough away where he shouldn't be able to, then there could be some good things coming here for Savali. Maybe, you know, that picture that we saw so often last year before he got hurt. Yeah, it's been a tough time for him. Hopefully he can finish strong here. Speaking of finishing strong, boy, Jim has really been encouraging him. We've seen Class A all year. My gosh, he's been incredible. But, boy, Karinchek's been coming on him. Boy, if they could get him in that spot there with Stefan and and Morgan, uh, that would be huge, wouldn't it? It really would, and, and 
look, we've seen him at his best early last season. He was tremendous. Um, had the injury, and then it's taken him a little while to get back. Um, but I think the further he gets away from that injury, we're starting to see the, you know, the fastball come back, the, the velocity's good, and he's throwing it for strikes a little more often, and he's always had that good curve, but, but you need more than that, and, and I think the fastball's starting to come into play a little bit more for him. You know, Jim, one of the news stories, of course, the team designated Fran Mill Race for assignment over the weekend. He was picked up very quickly, the Cubs, uh, picking him up, but, but they just, I think the Guardians, they, they were waiting and waiting, and it, and it just didn't happen, and with these young guys, they needed to create some space for them too, didn't they? They really did, and, and I talked. Chris Antonetti talked about that over the weekend on our warm-up show. That um, you know, obviously, Fran Mill's struggles had a lot to do with it, but maybe in a, a different season, they could have afforded to be more patient with him. But but they really wanted these forty-man spots are valuable, and they really want to see these young kids and. And there's that bats to be had for the Will Bensons and, um, you know, Nolan Jones and, uh, Oscar Gonzalez. They, they want to, I, I don't think they want to go into the offseason not being too sure about these guys. They want to have a much better feel for how they handle the major league pitching and, and playing the game up here. And, it, you know, Fan Mill just wasn't earning those at bats that they think they can give to these kids. So we'll see, we'll see how it goes for them, but, um, yeah, it really fell quickly for Fran Mill. It's too bad because uh, he was one of the, the fun guys to yeah, have around. Fun guy to be. Yeah, um, yeah it's a shame. Shane Bieber tonight, first pitch seven ten. Union Home Mortgage Guardians game day starts our coverage at six. Uh, did you guys bus or fly over? I'm just asking because of the weather. Pretty good line of storms last night, right? <laughs> Well, yeah, and, and I guess they had some plane issues, so uh, we did. It was old school. We bust over. It was, uh, and you know what? It was kind of fun. We had, uh, yeah, they put some sandwiches on there and, and some drinks and stuff, <laughs> and, and it was just like being, uh, not quite like being back in, in the minor leagues, but, you know, it's a nice little three-hour bus trip. You get to chat and tell stories and stuff. It was fun. You've had longer rides than uh, Cleveland to Detroit your uh, your career, Jim, haven't you, on a bus? Well, yeah, and, and, and someone said, you know, the bus ride's fun to Detroit, but let's not do this to Seattle. <laughs> yeah. Does anybody want to stop at the rest stop on, on the turnpike? Did, 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 does the driver ask anybody got to go or anything? Well, huh? you know, do, we all, do we all get a $5 bill and run into uh, you know, the fast food joints? Uh, <laughs> Sabara. Yeah. Slice of pizza, bring it back. All right. Well, glad you got there safe. Uh, 710 first pitch tonight. Rosie, thanks much. Thanks, guys. See you, buddy. Guardians update. Jim Rosenhaus. Uh, he's, that's good. I wondered, because last night those storms yeah, hit. So yeah, I, hey, I, I, got, I would have no problem. Now, you're right. Let's not get carried away. Three yeah. hours, yeah. that's that's, yeah. that's enough. Yeah. Uh, by the way, fan fact answer was Fran Mill. Uh, yeah, Fran Mill raised, born in, uh, in the Dominican Republic. Signed as a uh, international free agent with the Padres back in 2011. Your Guardians fan fact for the morning. We'll talk to uh, Tom Hamilton this time tomorrow. Right, by the way, Bloom Daddy, after three, he's got uh, former Donald Trump aide and GOP strategist Corey Mills at 340. Should be interesting to take from him, see what insight he has on it. Also, Cleveland Police Detective Steve Lomas will join uh, Bloom Daddy at 535 on a continued shortage. We just heard about shortage of teachers. We still got a shortage of police officers and detectives in the uh, city of Cleveland. Bloom Daddy, after three today, WTAM 11. Speaking of iHeart, the iHeart Radio Music Festival, late September in Vegas. You get a chance to be there. Coming up, we'll hear the word to text to 200-200. Good luck. The Black Eyed Peas will be there. Marion Morris, Lana Rich, and a whole bunch of other acts. We've got uh, Jimmy Malone show up next. News Radio WTAM 1100. Back in the morning, news, sports, traffic, and weather together on the 10s, Fox updates, and Robin Lively, the actress, 820 tomorrow morning.